two, hey, here we are, guys. The Quiggin' Out MMA podcast, episode 40. And I've got my good buddy, Gian the Revolutionary, La Bulga, whatever you want to call him. My Spanish is terrible. Carlos Alara, how we doing, sir? I'm doing good, my man. Over here training at the gym, you know, day in, day out, just another day. Well, absolutely. And I know we were talking just before we got started. You know, we talked a lot about, about you know, you doing bare knuckle. You were ready to, you know, make your debut. You haven't had an MMA fight in three years. You know, we're jumping right into it. So, you know, tell me what's been going on in your life and, um, you know, what's next for you? Yeah, man. Well, I've been, I've been doing really good, man. I've actually, you know, I took some time to just get a couple things together. Um, unfortunately for that last time we spoke, I was getting ready for that bare knuckle fight. I had some very unfortunate stuff happen. So uh, I was unable to go through with the fight due to an injury that I received in my hand, but my hand's good now. I'm feeling better than ever. Um, I, I'm over here talking to Nate, you know, hoping to get this fight locked in and yeah, man, it's looking like hopefully in July 23rd, I'll be stepping in the ring for the bare knuckle FC here in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. So. I'm going to keep saying this because it's so exciting because July 23rd is my birthday. Is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, And, of course, it's in Tampa, so I will be there uh, to support everybody because that bare-knuckle card that they are putting on right now is stacked from top to bottom, and I think they've only officially announced, like, three fights, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> okay, man. I See, I, I don't even know which fights they've announced. Um I'm still waiting on my contract, but I know they're they're a little busy with the uh, with the events and everything coming up, you know. So I'm I'm cutting them a little bit of slack, but uh, yeah, Nate hit me up. He's like, "Hey, you want to fight?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know who I want to fight, so let's do it." I know who you want to fight, and I feel like if I say it, like <laughs> it's gonna be. Is it somebody you were supposed to fight or have fought before? Yes. It is actually. It was somebody that um that I was supposed to fight. It's somebody that we have a, a lot of background with. You know, um, he used to be a little fanboy. Used to want to come around the gym, try to learn from me, and then um, fanboy turned hater, turned call out guy. You know, so he wants to call me out. He's gonna have to back it up. And I'm really excited for that fight. So if you, if anybody doesn't know, just look just look back. You'll find the information you're looking for. But that'll be one hell of a fight. So. Pretty excited about that. So talk about like getting getting things together. You know, you you finally made it to the UFC a few years ago. You know, you have the first fight against Ray Borg, and then you have that fight against Joby Sanchez. Kind of looks like things are turning around. And then the next two fights don't go your way, and they, you know, they send you your walking paper. So, like, what was the mindset, you know, at that point to be like, you know, I worked this hard to get this far, like, and that's it? Like, that's the end of it? Yeah, it was. Um, I hit. I'm not. I'm gonna be straight up with you, man. Um, I I hit a very rough spot in my life shortly after that. You know, cause I I wasn't being smart with my money. Um, I wasn't being smart with you know with my managers, with people. I had people from all angles, you know, putting their hands into my fight first, and then you know after one of my UFC fights, I was owing a thousand dollars instead of you know getting paid any money. You know, so. I found myself, you know, living out of my car for a little bit. This was during the UFC days. I was li li living out of my car for a little and um, working at a Publix. And then the last two fights that I had on there, it was basically out of pure necessity. 
trying to get that 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 money, you know. But times have changed, you know. I fortunately for me, I've been a lot smarter with money. I made the right investments here and there, um, and I'm and I'm good where I'm at financially. So I decided to take on this journey because. You know, I now I'm doing it for the passion of the fight. You know, the the main reason why I started this whole journey is because I love to fight, man. I'm a fighter. I've always been a fighter, and and now that I have the opportunity to be a little more structured in life, you know, now now is when I feel like I can really give it my 100%. And I I really love that just because of the fact that you're seeing a a, a shift in the where fighters are going as far as organizations, whether, you know, everybody used to say UFC or bust, like that was the only place they wanted to go. And you're seeing all these guys go to PFL. You're seeing all these, and they're finally getting to a point where it's like, I love this sport, but I need to make money. I love this sport, but I can't continue to do it without the financial backing. So with you saying, you know, making the right financial decisions outside of fighting, it really allows you to really go anywhere. Absolutely, man. Because, um, I mean, you know this. It, it costs money to pay for your coaches. It costs money to pay for the gym, for your nutrition. And then let's say you have to go, you know, out of town to go do a camp somewhere. For example, I like to go to Vegas and train there because of the altitude, the, the coaches that I have there. You know, so all that stuff, it, it, it costs money, you know. And and now I'm at a position where, like, I, I, I didn't even, ha I still don't have the contract signed. But he's like, hey, you want to fight? I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. He yeah, right. Time off work, went to Vegas, linked up with good coaches, paid good boxing coaches. And here I am back in Tampa, man, still investing into my training because now I have the ability to do so, you know. Well, like you said, you're you're at a gym right now. There's a cage. You can barely see it, but it's back there. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely there. So, and that's exciting. Like you said, you know, coming back to Tampa, you know, I saw you spend a lot of time in Vegas and I know you were living in your car in Vegas at one point, um, which is insane to me. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I, it's because you know what it is, Matt? I, I literally gave my, the sport, everything I had, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I gave it everything I had. I'm talking about, uh, from sun up to sundown, I was constantly training, man. You know, it, it, it was really hard to hold a job, you know, and but like I said, man, now today, the Gian that I am today, um, I've been a lot smarter with the way I've structured my life. I, I realized after the UFC that fighting isn't always everything, man. You you need to have certain things in in order in life in order to, to continue to do what you love. And, and I took care of those things, man, and and that's why that's why I'm here. Well, and and not only that, like you're not just, you know, you you, you know, you're a dad, you know, having your kid and having to think about the fact that you have to, you know, kind of think about his future, at the same time thinking about your own. Exactly, man, and and that's that's honestly what did it. It was the fact that that I felt like I kept just chasing dreams, you know, and and um and I didn't, you know, just chasing dreams without, you know, and, and I, I took some time. I'm like, man, you know what? Like, I can't continue to just dream on. I gotta, I gotta apply myself, you know, for a year, two years, however long it takes to to get myself comfortable. I've done that, and and man, I'm. 
fucking I'm in a better place than I've ever been, you know, financially, mentally, spiritually, physically. I'm just I'm I'm in the prime of my life right now, man. And that's that's the fantastic thing to hear because like you said, a lot of the guys, you know, yourself included, you get cut from the UFC and they go, It's the end of my life. Like that's it, it's over, it's over, it's over. And I'm just gonna use Brandon Moreno as a fantastic example of somebody who was the last seat on the ultimate fighter got cut from the UFC and just won the flyweight title two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. I'm, I'm losing track of time. Those events just keep going, 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 but you have to take that negative connotation that's surrounding, you know, getting cut and do something with it and improve your life, even if it's not with fighting. So to see how jovial you are right now and how focused you are and, you know, We've known each other for a long time. I've been watching you for a long time to see you hit the highs of highs, the lows of lows. And I even see now you're just in a different sort of calm, which is terrifying and awesome at the same time. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible what what financial freedom can do to a person, you know, and when you don't when you don't feel that strain is. um. You know, but like I said, bro, it hasn't been easy. I, I, it's never been easy for me. I haven't always been in this position. I just needed to, instead of giving fighting everything that I had, all of a sudden I decided to give my life the, the attention that it needed. You know, and and now that I've done that, I'm able to come back and go after the things that I love. You know, and and that's why I feel great, man. You know, I'm I'm not, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a smoker. You know, I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not, I got, I got a nice place to live. I got my car paid up. You know, it's just a lot of things have changed for me, you know? So that's why I'm, I'm able to give this everything that I have. And if I need to invest in coaches, I can invest in coaches. If I need to invest in my training, I can invest in my training. And that's what I'm doing, man, because I love it. And there are guys in the UFC right now who can't say what you just said, who can't say they have a nice place to live, who can dedicate their life you know, financially. I've been there. I, I, I know how it is. I know how it is for these young fighters, you know, that are up and coming. Um, my only advice to them is that, hey, man, you, you got a life outside of the cage. You got a life outside of the ring, and, and you have to take care of that. Otherwise, you know, it's going to catch up to you, man. It really is. And we, we talk about it all the time that fighting doesn't have a contingency plan. You don't have a, oh, you know, when you're done fighting, you'll do commentary and then you'll do this and then you'll do that. You don't have that. You know, there's fighters. I'd love to talk to some fighters who have, you know, 10 years out of the game and they're working construction jobs. They're working some other job, you know, and I don't mean to pick construction because there's, you know, guys like Shane Carwin who have, you know, master's degrees and PhDs and I'm probably wrong about those, but they're highly intelligent people who are no longer fighting and have had to change like the career path so you know you the advice that you give to people is like you said invest in yourself outside of that cage as much as you do inside exactly man because like i told you you know i i literally let a, a good chunk of my life you know just pass me by because all, all i was doing is just focusing on this Sorry, I hey, lost you. That's fine. Your audio just went through the roof. So I was like, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, yeah, you have to take care of life. 
you know, I, I understand that this sport, you know, is so demanding, incredibly demanding. I mean, it, it's hard to work a nine to five when you have to train three times a day, you know, and then you're, you're completely exhausted. Like, for example, the kind of jobs I was getting, it was just some heavy, heavy construction or demolition jobs that, you know, that, are, that I'm there, you know, laying a hammer down for 10 hours, you know, and then shortly either before that I'm training and then after that I'm training, you know, it didn't, it didn't really leave leave room for much. Not only that, mm -hmm. I'm getting paid minimum wage, you know, like, and I know I'm not the only fighter that's going through this. You know, I know there's countless guys, man, that, that are just in pursuit of that dream. And the best thing that I can do is find that balance between the both. That, that's the best thing I can tell people. You know, you got to have that balance, man. You can't completely give yourself to the sport and you, you know, you can't completely neglect the sport because then you're going to pay for it in there. Yeah, and you really will. And like you said, you know, there's so many fighters who openly talk about the fact that they have another job or they finally got to a place where they can quit their day job. And it just seems so counterproductive because you never hear, you know, a baseball player or a basketball player be like, I, you know what, I can't make practice today. I've, I've got to work at Publix, like you said. You know, you're never going to hear anything like that. You know, there's very few stories, you know, from guys that have played in the NFL or, in, you know, in the NBA or MLB that all of a sudden, you know, go completely broke. You know, there's definitely stories out there, you know, but they're just not as much as like when you hear about fighters. Fighters, I feel like we have it. It's a lot tougher for us than, than it is for most athletes. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that's why we're at a stage where, You've got guys from the UFC not renewing their contracts, going to PFL, you know, entering these million-dollar tournaments and making more money per fight than they did their entire UFC career. So it, it really looks bad on the, the UFC side of it. But you also have to realize they have 500 people on the roster versus PFL having probably less than 100. Exactly. But you know what, man? Like, to me, it's also um, like um, – like it gives people hope for the for you know for the after part of your career, like mm -hmm. that you got places like Bare Knuckle FC, you got like like Logan Paul and his brother, you know, like those guys give fighters an opportunity, you know, to to make the money that they've always should have made, you mm -hmm. know, and you can only you know you can only be be grateful for those for those sort of promotions that are out there because it allows us to continue on with our. You know, with our dreams, with our fight dreams, bro. Because once you're a fighter, you're always a fighter. Like, look at me. I, I completely stopped this whole thing for like two to three years. And then I got a call on the phone when I'm in the best place, at, best position I've ever been in life. And then they give me the call. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like, yeah, you know, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I yeah. love that you said that because the, the whole Logan Paul thing, I never thought I'd be discussing Logan Paul ever in my life. <laughs> and and there's videos out there and the best videos are the one where Floyd seemingly knocks him out and is holding him up while he's kind of knocked down on his feet but that takes two people to do that that takes two people and as ridiculous as it is and I do not condone it in any way shape or form that Floyd is boxing a YouTuber yeah why you know the money aspect is starting to become a little bit more clear to the point of like, 
listen, if I'm Ben Askren, I'm not, I don't ever want to accuse anybody of fight fixing or taking a dive. But I'm pretty sure Ben Askren made more money in that fight than he did for a very long time for what, a minute? You know, like that that's what it comes down to, man. It comes down to the money. At the end of the day, we we love to fight and everything, but but it comes down to the money. Especially when you get older and, and you start, you know, you start seeing your kids growing up, like you were mentioning to me. You gotta start paying for college, you gotta start buying a car for them to start driving. Like once you see your kids get to that point, you start realizing that it's it's not necessarily about about oh let me just fight for the hell of it like like how i was doing when i was in my early 20s you mm-hmm. know now we gotta think about the long road ahead you know where okay i wanna i wanna have a house i wanna have a house here i wanna you know have a retirement plan you know and that's that's just the mindset that i'm on while i get the opportunity to continue to do what i love you know yeah and you talk about the 20s like they were so long ago i'm like you're 31 like <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. But, but realistically, I mean, you know, when I met you, your son was, you know, lower than I could show him. He was a baby. Yeah. He was a kid, like a toddler kind of. And now he's going on what? He's 13 now. Going on 14 soon. Yeah. It's insane. bro. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how time flies, man. And and yeah, like you said, it's it's all about our kids at the end of the day. You know, I have to make sure that he's okay, you know. And and as far as like, you know, you've already kind of preluded to it, but that makes a huge impact on the decisions you make in life because you obviously want to be able to support him without giving up on the dream that you have, the fighting, you know, the fighting spirit, I guess we'll call it in this sense. So what's that like? Is that like an internal battle for you to be like, I want to be able to support him and have him, you know, look up to me. But at the same time, you know, in fighting, we know there's losses. We know there's all kinds of things. There's setbacks. So what's that been like to overcome that um, to really clear your mind? Honestly, um, that that's a very interesting question that you just asked me because like, I used to always worry about what my family thought what my friends thought, what my followers thought, you know, and it, I, I always felt like, like it was fun, but it was also very counterproductive at the end of the day. Like, even though they get to benefit from, from, you know, the money that I make in fighting or et cetera, et cetera, even though like at the end of the day, I'm trying to like look out for them. It's, it's not necessarily for them because I can continue to do what I'm doing. And, and, and make money and then support them financially, you know? So what I'm trying to say is that I'm, I'm really just getting in there for me, for, for the love that I have for the sport, because, you know, anything, you, you know how the fight game is, man. And, you know, I've had, I had my mom tell me, you know, she's like, oh, I need you to stop. Like, I'm never gonna stop this. Like, like I'm a fighter. I, I, I will fight until I can't fight anymore. And, and that is just the way I treat this whole thing. And, and if I get to make money doing it, even better, you know? And, and that's a huge thing, too, because as a fighter, you know, not even ever being in that position, and I won't ever say I know what it's like to be in that position, but you have so many fighters who will lose, 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 lose. And people are like, you need to stop fighting. You need to stop. It's not that easy. Yeah, no, that's. That's like one of the hardest decisions, man. I mean, 
honestly, like the only reason why I took some time off is because, you know, my mom was in my ear the whole time, you know, and, and like she was right about a lot of things. But at the end of the day, man, this is my passion. This is my life. You know, like, like I'm a fighter, man. You know, there's there's no way around it. Like, this is what I do. This is what I love to do. Well, and exactly. And if you look at a lot of the bare knuckle records, and I don't want to sound like I'm dogging on any of them, but you see a lot of the bare knuckle guys that don't have a lot of success in MMA. You know, they, they've got a, you know, a less than stellar record, but it's because you could tell they were just waiting for that opportunity. They didn't want to box. They wanted to try and make to test themselves. It didn't work out. And then they end up in bare knuckle, but you've got somebody like you with, you know, your three losses really came in the UFC. Like that was your losses. So you've got a, a pretty successful record when you go into there with 10 and three going into bare knuckle. So the reason I asked, you know, bring that up is why bare knuckle? Like, why is that enticing to you um, when you were pretty successful in MMA? It's very enticing to me, man, because I, I'm all about the challenge. You know, um, I, 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 I've always wanted to make the transition because like I've had a Muay Thai fight. I've had, you know, now I'm going to get this bare knuckle fight. And, you know, before it's all said and done, I'm looking to get a boxing fight in. And I really just want to be one of the very few guys in Tampa that have done it all across combat sports, you know, competing at the highest levels always. And, um, that, that's really my goal, man. It's part of the legacy that I'm building so that when I'm that old man and, and it is time to hang up the gloves, I can be like, you know what? I did it all. I did it all. I didn't run from anybody. And aside from that, I think Bare Knuckle is on its way up, man. And I'm a firm believer that I can go in there and pick up a title, if not two titles. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> so talking about that and knowing what weight class you know, you'd be fighting in, you know, you've got the whole situation with that win and they just stripped him of the title. You know, they had contract negotiations. Now they've got the Johnny Bedford and, um, Oh gosh. Now I can't even remember easy, easy hands. Like now I can't even remember his name. I'm sorry, Reggie Barnett. I'm sorry. But like, how do you feel about that division and seemingly opening up um, to where, like you said, you, you come in, you have an emphatic win. There's not a lot of guys in front of you to kind of slow that down anymore. Exactly. And that's what I mean, man. I, I, I just, I feel like I just need to continue to, to do what I'm doing, go in there, take care of business and continue to climb. I'm, I'm going to get a bare knuckle FC title, if not two titles. And I'm going to be, you know, the first two time champion in BKFC. And I mean, that's a bold statement and I'm not doubting you in any way. Cause that would be disrespectful, but <laughs> you know how we are as fighters, you know, you yeah. know how we talk as fighters, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing about bare knuckle is that again, it had this stigma and I've said it, you can look back on every show I have where I mentioned bare knuckle. I was not a fan. I was like, Nope, not interested. You know, nothing about it. The only foray I had into boxing was a few, you know, Muhammad Ali fights. And then when I saw Deontay Wilder for the first time, and I was like, this dude's trying to kill people. This is exciting. Uh -huh. 
And I went to that bare knuckle fight in Tampa, and I remember the first punch that hit a skull, and I was like, oh, my God, that is the worst sound I've heard in my life. And I can't get enough of it. And that's the thing about bare knuckle is that bare knuckle in that first year was overcoming the stigma. It was overcoming, okay, people are going to have a problem with this. But then you have last weekend, Jorge Masvidal did bare knuckle MMA, a whole event. That BKFC opened the door for that. That never would have happened without it. And Jorge Masvidal, you know, with all of the things, the videos he's had online, you know, the backyard brawls, you know, everything he's been through, like he was the perfect person to start this. So how exciting is that concept to you in the back of your mind, knowing, you know, you have this BKFC, would you want to do, you know, bare knuckle MMA? Whoa, that sounds even better, man. That bare knuckle MMA sounds like how it should have always been. As long as you got kicks to grounded opponent and needs to grounded opponent, I'm all game for it. I, I feel like there's no real essence of combat or real essence of combat jujitsu. And that's to me, that's what's lacking in mixed martial arts is that jujitsu is so limited. It's not really jujitsu. You know, you might as well just call it Brazilian jujitsu. But, um, or sports jujitsu is what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, whoa, dude, whoa. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, the way I look at it, it, it's a great opportunity because they, they're in the same position where the UFC was when they first started, you yeah. know, and then now they've completely, you know, taken over this whole bare knuckle world because there was a couple little other promotions around, but nothing like the way they're doing it. And no, then, and they all fell through. They didn't pay fighters. Like, it was, it was some bad shit. Like, let's not even sugarcoat that. Yeah, man, and you know, fortunately for me, I have a pretty big following in Colombia, and and I, I'm just waiting for the, for for the right things to, to you know for me to sign the contract and and for things to to start falling into place, so that you know I can start telling people that yeah, I'm gonna be the first Colombian athlete to participate in Bernal FC, and I already got people on board who are fully showing their support, and they're just ready for me to go in there and represent a whole nation. Well, and that's what's so exciting is that at uh, Knuckle Mania in February, you know, being there and seeing a guy from Israel who was like 43 years old win a, win a bare knuckle fight was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sorry that I don't remember his name, but realistically, guys that old shouldn't be able to compete on that level. Let's, let's be honest. Damian Maya a few weeks ago just fought. Shouldn't be able to compete at that level. Still had a pretty competitive fight, you know, and it's we're seeing that a lot more. And bare knuckles kind of giving those guys the opportunity where it's like, maybe you're just a blue belt in jujitsu. Maybe you kind of suck on the ground. Maybe you keep getting caught in things, but you're really good on the feet. And if we can keep it there, then we've got an exciting fight. So it's the stigma has kind of turned into a huge opportunity for so many people to change their career path absolutely man and and like i said it's such a new sport such a new concept i feel like there's plenty of strategy that's yet to be developed you know because right now people are going in with the brahmin brawling yeah what he said sorry i lost you there for a second I think we lost your video for a second there, too. 
you see me? That's what happens when you get text messages in the middle of the, the, the show. Oh. I've got your audio. It's fine, but your video seems to have disappeared on us. Well, guys, you know, as you know, technical difficulties, always a part of the show. Always a part of the show, but that's why I love doing this. You never know what's going to happen. So hopefully Gian's about to get back on with us and get things moving. But um, again, I just want to take this time to thank, you know, La Barba Cubana for the beard uh, oils. They're absolutely fantastic. Burtso's Bake Shop over in Orlando. So if you're ever in Orlando, hit her up on Facebook. Uh, some of the most delicious treats you'll ever have. And then, of course, Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, he has a combat night shirt, and it's Thor, so it's fantastic. So it looks like Gion's coming back, so let's see what's going on. That was crazy. My apologies. That's all right. I can still hear you, but I can't see you anymore. So let's see what happened. Hey, there we go. Can you hear me? Maybe. Again, like I said, what's a show without technical difficulties? So made sure to give all the plugs and just thank everybody for supporting the show. Um, Tim makes knives on Instagram. And I'm going to give you the actual one. Um, we're doing something pretty special uh, for one of our followers. So I want you guys to stay tuned. And if you could follow him on Instagram, it's Tim underscore makes knives. It's a good buddy of mine. Um, loves forged and fire, and decided that we were going to make a blade just for the show. So, uh, one lucky participant of the show, one lucky fan of the show, uh, whatever we end up deciding is actually going to get a copy of this. So, Gian is back. Let's go. Sorry about that, guys. Woo! Listen, I just used the whole time for like advertising plugs. Like it's fine. <laughs> nice, it worked out. <laughs> So you didn't get to hear it, but one of my buddies actually makes uh, knives. He's a huge Forged and Fire fan. So we're actually doing something where we don't know if we're going to give it to one of the guests, one of the fans of the show, but we're actually have a blade that's specifically made for the show. Nice, so man. I will definitely keep you posted because I know how you are with guns and knives. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm game. So talk about that. You know, like you said, you know, your last fight was three years ago. How have you kept in shape mentally, physically, financially, and on the parental side of it, how have you balanced all of that to be in a position where you can go, you want me to fight next month? I'm in. Like, let's go. Yeah, man. So from, from a financial standpoint, I'll start with that. I've been selling custom trucks and luxury vehicles for the past, what, two, three years. Um I love the state of Florida. I love the way this place is being ran. We didn't close down. We didn't do any of that. So money has been flowing into the state. So <laughs> I love that at all. Now, as far as like the mental and physical aspect of it, man, I've I've just I've always you know kept my mind in the game. You know, obviously there there hasn't been much that I can do because um I'm not I'm not fully I wasn't a fully committed fighter at the time. You know, mm -hmm. but um, it's crazy. Like a little bit before I got that phone call, I say about a month or two before I got the phone call, 
I was already making my way back in the gym on a, on a consistent basis because I'm also looking to work to bring of bring Colombian fighters to compete over here in the United States because they got no opportunity over there. So I'm kind of being the middleman, setting up their their opportunities for them to just start coming over here and competing over here. So that's kind of a, a way that I've been keeping myself busy and and remaining in the sport and that in that mental aspect of it. But you're so unusual as a fighter because again, you're not just doing this for fame and glory. Like this isn't just about you. Your heritage is so important to you. Your son is so important. Your future is so important. And everything you're doing is a combination, like a culmination of all those things put together. So talk a little bit more about being, you know, what's it like to be that representative for Colombia or Colombia? You know, again, I'm, I'm whiter than white, so it sounds terrible when I say no, it. Perfect. You said it. Man, so I, the way I look at it, every day I wake up on this side is a blessing. Regardless of what people say about this country, this is the greatest country on earth. And if you disagree, it's because you have not been to, to a real country or, or a country south of the border. You know, and when, when you're over there, when you see that you have no opportunity, when you see that, you know, people live, you know, multi-generational homes, you know, that people just don't leave because they don't have the funds to do so, you know, or they can't get education because they don't have the funds to do so. So coming from that background and understanding the opportunities that I have here, you know, I feel like in a way I'm obligated to, to take the contacts that I have and, and kind of pave the way for these guys that are trying to, to come through, you know, to, to make that breakthrough from Colombia, you know, to, to the United States. Because honestly, bro, you can have a whole career, 30, 40 fights in Colombia, and, and you're never going to get a, a, a fight here in the United States of America. So what I'm looking to do, I'm looking to start bringing these guys over here straight from the amateurs, you know, to the, you know, to their first couple pro fights. I'm already looking to, to establish a couple fights for them here in the United States so they can start building a name for themselves. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to allude to. So I'm already glad that you're, you're on that board, uh, you know, on that page of bringing these guys over because you have the opportunity, like you said, the obligation, you know, to take these guys who would probably never have an opportunity, who would never get the time of day or the second look because nobody knows where to look, you know, when they Dana White does looking for a fight, you know, he's looking at all these regional promotions. And sometimes that's the only way these guys are ever going to get any exposure. They're ever going to get any sort of, you know, limelight on them. Take that out of the U S you being, a, you know, somebody who can represent Colombia, you could literally put yourself in a position to be a Colombian ambassador for the sport of BKFC and then some. So I love that you've already got that mindset because like you said, it's it's essential and it is an obligation that you're kind of ingrained with and you're you know you have to follow through with. Absolutely, man. And and like you said, it's it's sort of like like no, it really to me it's like an obligation. Because if not, I, I'd be taking this whole opportunity for granted. Because if I can't help someone else have the same opportunity that I have, then 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 what good is it? You know? Can you see me? Yeah. Sorry, my light was way too bright, so I had to fix that. <laughs> so yeah, man. So to me, that's that's where I get the satisfaction out of all this. So that the day that I do decide to hang up the gloves for good, 
you know, I'm still continuing to contribute to the sport. And and that's what all we want. You know, we don't want people to keep fighting until they're they're getting beat five, six, seven times in a row by knockout. We don't want to see fighters get brain damage. As exciting as they are in the cage, we don't want to see that. We want to show the world that you guys can make an impact that isn't just quote unquote barbaric, quote unquote human cockfighting. Or, you know, you look at bare knuckle and you look at, you know, John L. Sullivan in the late 1800s. You know, guys like that who broke ground for when it comes to bare knuckle fighting, who were doing it with barely any rules. And literally with John L. Sullivan, he only lost his last fight. He had 53 fights, I think. That's nuts, man. And he lost the last one. And you have to think, like, he was probably like, you know what? When I lose one, I'll stop. And he just kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And you've really got... Bare Knuckle has kind of taken away from the character aspect. You know, yes, they've signed a lot of people like Paige Van Zandt, Rachel Ostevich, uh, Pearl Gonzalez, you know, all these people, Chris Lieben, who I got to watch one of his fights, and he, I know he wanted to fight one of the Paul brothers, if not both of them, which <laughs> I would watch that as a spectacle as it is. I'd watch him fight both of them because it's Chris Lieben. Yeah. But you really look at, Bare Knuckles taken away where the UFC is like, let's create storylines. Let's really move closer to the WWE aspect of it. Cause that's what it is. Whereas Bare Knuckle is like, you fight, you fight, let's make it happen. You know? And I'm just going to use Bobo Bannon and Zach Kalmas. Cause if you haven't seen that Bare Knuckle fight between two heavyweights and Bobo Bannon took that on less than a week's notice, that fight was fantastic and you could see dave feldman got up there take a took a picture with them and literally saying to them like that fight was one of the best i've ever seen in my life for him to get that excited about a fight like that a heavyweight fight where let's be honest not all heavyweight fights are great not all fights are great but heavyweight fights you see a lot of cardio issues you see a lot of sloppy fights and you know there's no judgment here. If I was fighting, I'd be a heavyweight. Like, let's not, I'm not picking on heavyweights. We love those knockouts, but the bare knuckle aspect of it has taken heavyweight fights and made them fun again. I agree, man. I absolutely agree. Cause yeah, man, I feel like the whole two minutes, you know, that, that just, it, it, it just compacts that, that whole action into, into those two minutes. You know, how could it not be exciting? Yeah, and, and you really look at it, and most fighters, there's so many fighters who came from MMA to bare knuckle, and they said, the first two rounds are the hardest for me because that's normally one round, and I'm used to getting warmed up, and now you're on round three of five, and you're like, oh, shit, like, I got to make something happen. And I think after the first time, you see a lot of these bare knuckle guys just go balls to the wall, like, let's go, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Because they know they can't run anywhere. The ropes really don't benefit you the same way the cage does because you're not worried about a takedown. And honestly, the clinch work, if they can do it properly up against the ropes, is the best. Like, that's the most fun to watch. So, you know, I know we've alluded and we've kind of speculated, and I'm going to make you do it, but who's the guy you want to fight? Ha, ha, ha. There's two of them. 
there's two guys that I want to fight. But right now, I got my eyes on one person. Both of them called me out. So, unfortunately, I can't I can't really say who they are just for the simple fact that I haven't signed the contract just yet. You know, but um, you you definitely you name you name both of them as a matter of fact. You know. <laughs> And those are the two guys that I'm that I'm gonna be coming after because I, if you got the balls to call me out, thinking that oh because I'm an MMA fighter, you know this bare knuckle thing is, bro, it ain't that much different. You know we we've all been we grew up throwing throwing hands in the streets. You know like this is nothing new to me. You know and not only that, but the the game is so underdeveloped. Like they giving us rules that you can really turn it into something and everybody's lacking behind it. And I'm about to go expose it. I'm about to make something real out of this bare knuckle FC. And I, I love that you said that and you still kept cool. Cause like you said, not signing the contract. I, I did the old journalist like bait and switch, like maybe he'll just say it, uh-huh. but, it was, but at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. And I respect that because you have an open kind of rule set. You have those moments where you have the Yuli Diaz fight, you know, where he literally toe the line, boom, three seconds, knocked out. Like, you're never going to see that in MMA. They're too far away. You know, you've got the Jorge Masvidal, which I don't know why I'm bringing him up so much, probably because of the bare knuckle event last weekend, but that flying knee is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, The hand behind the back, the cockiness, everything about that, but knowing game planning that as soon as you started running that he was going to shoot for that takedown and you jump up with that, like that is mixed martial arts at its core. That is exactly what this sport should be because it is chess. It is not checkers. Um, it is chess. It is a game of human chess. And that's a picture of a chess, a chess piece behind me. So if you don't believe me, like, that's exactly what this is. So with bare knuckle, like you said, it's kind of like playing a whole new version of chess. I don't know if he can hear me because he is frozen on the screen. Let's see what happens here, guys. Oh, he's still there. Again, guys, I appreciate everybody watching, um, you know, reaching out, kind of uh, going through the motions with us. Because, again, BKFC, July 23rd, everybody needs to go out, watch this fight in Tampa. I will definitely be there. There's no question about it. Uh, Just merely for the fact that I love this sport. Um, And I've grown to know a lot of these BKFC guys, and they've really changed my perspective after 10 years of 10 years plus of watching MMA. And, you know, the few years that I've been training jujitsu and starting to learn the different aspects, but bare knuckle just brings a whole new element to this game, a whole new understanding to what can make these careers take off uh, in a way that we didn't think was possible, that we didn't think existed really anymore. So hopefully you guys won't have to listen to me talk too much more and, Gian will be back on, so uh, just give me another second. Let's see what's going on with him, and uh, if anything else, if this is the end of the show, thank you, every single one of you, for watching the show. I don't care if it's one viewer, 100 viewers, 1,000 viewers. I'd love the 1,000, just so you know.
but um, realistically, just thank you. And hopefully we get you on back here in a second. And, uh, you know, if not, uh, might throw a little interlude in here and see what happens with the uh, time. So just bear with me. We're going to take a 30 second break. guys so it looks like Gion uh, is having some technical difficulties there so uh, we'll give him a few more seconds if not um, quick and out of MMA podcast I just want to thank Combat Press uh, Combat Press has always believed in me uh, they've given me a place to write to podcast uh, for the last seven years I'm eternally grateful for that so thank you guys um, Rob and Brian and Dan um, I'm truly thankful for that so uh, if anything else uh, if we lost Gion We'll definitely have him on the show again. Um, if not, maybe we'll do something special for the July episode. And maybe we'll do something live. It might not be as fancy with the microphone and the headphones. It might be something on a phone. But, you know, maybe we'll do something uh, that's a little bit more, you know, in-depth and personal when it comes to these. Because this July 23rd card for BKFC is in our backyard. Um, it's less than an hour away from me. And I'm super excited for a lot of the matchups they have. Britton Hart and Jenny Savage, uh, Rachel Ostevich and Paige Van Zandt. I know uh, Pearl Gonzalez is going to be making her debut. You know, we already talked about Gian possibly being on there. So there's a lot of things that are going into this. So uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, like, subscribe. I don't have the cool graphics that all these guys have. Shout out to James Lynch. I'm always jealous of the, the things he has popping up on the screen. But really, guys, thank you so much. And uh, we'll quick out with you soon.